Sound of Hockey episode 272. We're calling this one the Brad Richards episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Brad Richards. In two different seasons, he actually had 272 shots. One for Tampa Bay in 2006-07 and one for the Dallas Stars in 2010-11. I thought you were going to say in two different seasons, he had 72 something. Oh, that would that would have been good interesting. That right? might be a you could think about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, time. maybe. Yeah, I'll workshop that one. That's okay. a tough algorithm, though. Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> so dumb. Such a dumb bit that we do. Uh, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the X. Joined as always by John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the X as well. And uh, what do you mean as well? I'm on the X as well as you. Okay. Yeah. Not the Twitter. It sounded though like you were saying that. Your handle is the same as my handle. That. Right. Okay. Uh, and Curtis. Hello, Curtis. Isaacy. <laughs> Hello there. I'm Deep Sea Hockey <laughs> on the Twitter, or X, Hello. as it's called now. And we're coming to you from Bardown Studios in Seattle. Make sure to also follow at sound underscore hockey on Twitter. Pick us up on TikTok. We've been adding followers very quickly, run by our guy Cam Riggs, who's been Cameron Riggers is his full name, but that's his handle is cam Riggs. um but he's been he's been doing some great stuff he got really mad about the loss on tuesday to the san jose sharks and he he just uh let it out he let it out on tiktok (laughs) which was which was pretty great i really enjoyed that but yeah check us out there check us out on instagram make sure to join that patreon too because if you're not there you're missing out on mailbag episodes that we're doing prospect information yeah little 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 data if you're if you're a big nerd yep and or, even if or, you're not. Or if you just want a nap. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had one before I came over. Oh, oh yeah. Lovely. Jealous. I was consuming some some Patreon content. <laughs> dozed off. So. Put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Patreon.com slash Sound of Hockey. Check it out for those who are um, already members. Thank you so much for that support. We appreciate it to no end uh, the support. I said that already. But <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, um, I guess we'll do some, review, some reviews, some five-star reviews, first of all. This one comes from Cutter Boyt. It says, best weekly one-timer, five stars. It says, exquisite. Very nice. And it says, exquisite, and it's got this little emoji, the, uh, like, what do you call that? It's like the- Chef's the kiss? Thing. Yeah, I guess so. It's just like a the thing that you do with your hand when you're doing a chef's kiss, though. Right. Hey. I, yeah, <laughs> no. I equate it- no. Forget about it. I, no, yeah, I equate it to that. Yeah, me too. But I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be, yeah, and I also don't know if that's- is that a little disrespectful? I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Anyway, go um, right past it. exquisite. Seriously, best crack and pod. Love the prospect updates. So huh. there you go, Curtis. All right. Prospect updates. That. All right. We'll, we'll yeah. do on this show. Just it's for fi- you. I'm using that little emoji with the thumb and the pointer finger touching each other. And I'm putting a little pin between the two, <laughs> uh, the two fingers. Be careful. And I'm poking it in that statement. To take it out a little okay, bit later. Okay. Other one says F-W-I-D-L-G-R-H is the name of the person. That could be F- Flidligers. <laughs> Come for the content, stay for the outros. Whoa. I discovered the Sound of Hockey podcast last year during the Kraken's playoff run. I found myself with an insatiable need for Kraken content to channel my excitement. And boy, did the Sound of Hockey deliver between the podcast, the Twitter feed, and excellent articles on the website. And as a new hockey fan, I found my hockey IQ growing exponentially as I consumed SOH content with the unexpected but delightful benefit of being able to drop tidbits and insights on my also new to hockey husband, showing him up with my knowledge regularly. Wow. Oh, yeah. Glad cool. we could help 
there. Love it. Love it. He Alas, awesome. he has since also discovered SOH, which is wonderful, but has greatly diminished my powers. Ah, <laughs> bummer. Yeah. Join the Patreon and you can get superpowers. Yeah. Now you're talking. I credit SOH for my love growing beyond the Kraken to hockey as a sport and have begun following. Wow, that's really cool. And have begun following the Firebirds and our local WHL teams to go tips. I also have a sudden awareness of an interest in goalie gear. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> Overall, Sound of Hockey is as fun as it is informative. For proof, just listen to the Hamilton outro from the last episode. <laughs> Pure delight. Nice. So, love it. Love and it. Curtis, I just texted you mm. um, a five-star review it was actually emailed to me okay it came from a a canadian listener okay so when apparently when canadians put five-star reviews in apple Podcasts, we don't actually get to see them i recall this yeah so uh please go ahead and read that oh you'd like me to read it was requested in the email to have you read it specifically (sighs) Ooh, that sounds fun oh gosh all right i see what we're doing here yeah okay this is a five-star review from his name is dan okay uh canadian Apparently. Um, so uh, we're told. So we're Allegedly. told. You know, I'm just going to say, as, as an aside here, I don't think I say bury mm. all the time. I think it was mm-hmm. more of a, uh, just a kind oh, of misspeak on, on that on, occasion. Go on, read it. Because I'm now tempted to say, a buried treasure of hockey oh. joy. Is that not, should I, I'll, I'll stay Lean in into it. A buried treasure of hockey joy. <laughs> That sounds ridiculous. Why would you say it that way? I was a bit worried about burying the lead here. So I'll come out straight away and say that I love this podcast. It's one of my favorite listens, second only to Tom Petty's Bury Treasure radio show. <laughs> I hope that doesn't cause <laughs> I hope that doesn't cause offense, in which case we may have to bury the hatchet someday. <laughs> Uh, I, I, confess, I confess, I've been burying my head in the sand lately, given the Kraken's poor form, but I'm very hopeful. Okay, that one doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. But I'm very hopeful that we'll see an improvement post-All-Star break, and we can bury this patchy first half of the season in the distant past. Stick taps to Andy, but let's also glue some faucets to Curtis, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's done a great job since joining the boys on the pod. It was never explicitly mentioned that he was replacing Andy as such, but I'm sure it was tough stepping into such big shoes, especially after Andy left us so suddenly. Love the pod. Keep up the good work. Yeah. No, that's nice. Well, I, I forgot about the emotional part at the end there. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, now I'm like, all. Oh, it, oh, it is. Yeah. It's certainly true. I appreciate both the first part where I got to say bury, apparently, again, yeah. another 10 times. Yeah. And, uh, and the second part, certainly true. Uh, would never want to replace Andy. I was a fan of the podcast first. Uh, I miss him, uh, miss hearing his voice on this podcast. So he also brings brought a lot to the that we still don't cover, right? His no. junior knowledge was insane, insane, right? Yeah, and his Pretty stories true. about running into people in the the elevator, stuff like that, mm-hmm. do that a lot. So. Yeah, um, but I I do agree very much there with the uh, with the reviewer that you've done a fantastic job stepping in, Curtis. And you're right. We haven't. Well, I think there was one episode where we were like, all right, Curtis is officially on the pod every week and i think we kind of left it up to you because we didn't we were like hey you have you have kids you have lots of things going on so then we were like all right i brought them to a game this week not too much pressure like just you know show up when you can and then you've just shown up pretty much every week every single week yeah yeah we can't get rid of them yeah yeah uh how was the experience you've brought them to the games before no i well i brought my 
eldest, who's now eight. Uh, Do you usually refer before. to them as your eldest? Well, I thought it was a uh, you know a very fancy way right. of describing an eight year old. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's she was most, most eight year olds I know that are the oldest child prefer to be known as the, the eldest. eldest. Yeah. yeah, they are uh-huh. the third parent. In, the elder in the mix by that yeah. point. Um, <laughs> so I brought her to a game last year, but all she could recall from it was that she got French fries and M and M's. So. It was a good experience for her in that okay. way, but hadn't brought all three before. Uh, it was, you know, it's a little bit more difficult uh, than I had kind of anticipated. What's the youngest? youngest is two and a half. So it's wow. eight, five and two and a half. And uh, my wife came along um, and there were some there were some laps of the arena because kids were losing interest, but uh, they had a lot of fun. I think the new uh, game intro was maybe their their favorite part. Mm. Oh, cool. And, you know, they were most locked in. This was in the Columbus game, the uh, kids' night. They were most All locked right. in on the first period there, got three cracking goals. It was, uh, it, was, it was a good time. Got a win out of it. Can't complain. For the little one, do you feel the need to put hearing protection? So uh, we did. So I actually brought my um, middle kid uh, to the Rivalry Series game mm-hmm. last year. Okay. Uh, so he had been to a game there, but not a Kraken game. Right. And he was kind of taken aback at the goal horn. Uh, at that game, so coming into this game, we knew let's let's go down to the guest services counter and get the protective earmuffs for each of them. So mm. we did that, and that was that was a big win. They were voluntarily putting them on because it is very loud. In so there. they provide that. They the crack do. It. So yeah. that's a nice thing to know. If you're, uh, I didn't know that. If yeah, you're a parent bringing a very you're small not, child. It, if you're bringing your uh, bringing your kids to the game, I'd highly recommend it. It's uh, there might be other counters, but there's one down by section 25, and you just give them your ID. They'll give you as many kids earmuffs as you want and uh, it was good helped out a lot very good before we move on a quick shout out to dave and michigan max who introduced themselves to me they said um, that they listened to every episode father and son i believe yeah it had to be father and son Um, i think the michigan max is like 14 maybe i might be getting that wrong but young man who's big fan of the podcast they said hi so just wanted to give them a quick shout out yep nice yep and then i ran into uh tyler okay uh in the Space Needle Lounge after the game, I was I had a couple sodas. I, I think it was the Columbus game. <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah, we need to integrate that sound no, effect. It, it might have been that. the St. Louis game. That's what it was. But anyway, I'd met him before, but I had I had uh, been a little flustered because mm-hmm. uh, I probably had a couple college sodas in right. me by that time. Right. Uh, anyway, so acknowledge, but he, I was a little thrown off because I was. It was post-game. So um, anyway, just want to shout out to him for saying hi. And thanks to Daryl, our longtime supporter and uh, most, I would say, most consistent commenter on soundofhockey.com. He was the one that offered up a couple of tickets for our Patreon. That's right. That was pretty cool. That was really, really nice of him. And that's actually, I think, the second time that he's done that where we've gotten to um, give away some tickets on behalf of Daryl. So thank you so much, Daryl. Hope the person who won those tickets from Patreon, was it Alyssa was her name? I think. Yeah. Hope she had a great time. So hope so too. Club yeah. seats, by the way. Pretty um, cool. yeah. the cra- those are all the good things that we have to yeah, talk about. Now let's talk about the from here. Let's you, talk about yeah. the Kraken. Let's talk about other things that are happening around the league. Um, it's been a weird week. Let's put it that way. So the you know grand scheme of things, it was an up and down week. Okay. Uh, The Kraken had a big win over the Chicago Blackhawks, which actually happened um, the night. Well, we talked to Ryan Donato and then we so the podcast came out and then that night they beat Chicago. Right. Kind of ran away with it pretty 
relatively easy win in Chicago. Not good. They also have a gazillion injuries. All of their like actually good players are hurt, with the exception of maybe a couple players. But like Taylor Hall's hurt. Andreas Athanasiu is hurt. Connor Bedard's hurt. Murphy, I think, is hurt. They're all, the whole team is hurt. So, um, but nonetheless, important win. They got the two points that they needed. Um, and then they play St. Louis, 4-3 overtime loss in that one. And that one was, uh, that one was a stinger because Seattle had a 3-1 lead in this. Uh, they eventually gave it back. Pavel Buchnevich scored the tying goal and the winning goal. It was one where you felt like they were going to get the two points. It felt like they needed the two points. It felt like they had the two points in the bag. And this was against a team who is right there with them in the standings and actually a little ahead of them in the standings. And they knew, right, coming in how big this game was. It looked like they were just going to cruise to victory. They dominated that second period, absolutely dominated that second period. But it all turned on a penalty to Will Borgen in the second period where uh, they ended up getting a, a power play goal off of it. And then that gave the That was life. a pretty soft one, right, if it I remember? It wasn't great. Yeah, what happened was I think Borgen, he was fighting with, I think it was Buchnevich too. His name came up a lot in this game. Pavel Buchnevich. Um, he was kind of like fighting with him down the boards. And I think Buchnevich caused him to fall. Like, I think he kind of tangled up his feet with him a little bit, caused him to fall. He dropped down and then Buchnevich like stepped on his stick and fell down. So there was really nothing that Borgen could have done on it. It was a not a great call, but, you know, it eventually happens. a penalty is going to come. Yeah. It happened. I didn't particularly like the, I mean, officiating is usually not the thing that you hang the game on. But in this case, I, I didn't like the way that they called that game. I just felt like when I was expecting a call to come, you know, because you kind of know how the narrative is going these days. Like that's how hockey games work. It didn't seem to come like at the right times when you're like, all right, here comes a penalty for this team. Here comes. A, it wasn't like that. So um, stick to the narratives, ref. Um <laughs> That's what people want, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, just a, a frustrating, frustrating loss that night. And not only did they they have it in the bag, but also you think back and like if they had won that, right? That's a that's a big jump in the standings against a team that they're facing. It's a three point swing, right? The, when you look at it, yeah, I, maybe even four points. Well, they got a point, yeah. in overtime. So St. Okay. Louis would have lost. Like if they would have handled it in regulation, which they were by far the better team yep. that night. Mm -hmm. So Seattle gets two points, St. Louis gets zero. Instead, St. Louis gets two, Seattle only gets one. So that's a math okay, says three that's three points. points. Right, math I, was never my strong suit, Yeah, and so. I think that's precisely why we said coming into the week, we wanted six points yeah. out of these four Did games. Did we say that? I think, yeah. okay. I think we wanted six out of eight. They end up with five out of eight, and you kind of can squint at that and be like, no, eh, that's not so bad. But this is what makes it bad. Yeah. Like you gave St. Louis two points when yeah. you had- That's what makes it bad? I mean, there are other things that make it bad, <laughs> but but I think, you know, particularly, again, we'll get into this, uh, St. Louis hasn't had a good week, yeah. pretty much, and there was an opportunity there, and the Kraken just missed it. You're right. Uh, they do beat Columbus, although that one was a little bit hairy, too. They had a really good first half of the game, and then things went downhill, although they held them off, uh, you know, kind of a furious charge towards the end, but Kraken held them off, got a 4-2 win in the end, and then, and then it happened. The trap game. Right before the All-Star break. Couldn't have come at a worse time. Um, I think there's some silver lining here, but we're... Should we just let it out? Should we just let out how we felt after that game? Sure. You want to go ahead, it's John? Safe you guys go first. I don't actually think it's a safe space because there's <laughs> no a lot... There's actually, uh, actually more people than you would think that listen mm, to this. Okay. I don't know. It's kind of surprising Doubtful. sometimes. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> That's what you mean by I'm like, wow, it's just three of us. What are we going to fight each other over? Just yeah, the three of yeah, us and yeah. three microphones, you know, <laughs> yeah. and this recorder yeah. over here. It depends here. what John says about the sharks. I don't know. I'm uh, always a little, yeah. always a little curious where that's going to go. Yeah. Okay. John, take it away. How'd you feel after the game? I, I think you're going to be disappointed with my response, but- Maybe not, though. I kind of just- it felt like we saw it coming. And and so in a way, I probably braced myself a little bit for it. Mm. And as the game continued to stay 0-0 heading into the third, I'm like, they're going to lose this one. Yeah. Right? They're <laughs> yeah. going to lose this one. I think I do after the first period. And I thought it was going to be that penalty that was called on Big Rig, I think, when he- Oh, oh yeah. Such a Just a really good defensive play. Yeah. And they Agreed. called a penalty yeah. on him for, yeah. for being Holding. big. Yeah. That's what they called him for. He didn't even lift his arm up. No. Yeah. So- Ridiculous call. I- you know, disappointed for sure, but this is hockey, and I even foreshadowed that in my musings. I don't know if you guys read that piece that was basically like- I read every piece, John. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the Sharks have beat like the Ranger. They beat a handful of good teams, and I'm like, you can't- There's no guaranteed wins in the NHL, and it just felt like it was going well, and they could really get seven out of eight mm-hmm. if they win. I'm like, but that- that's not going to happen. That's not the narrative. So I was I was bummed, but I'm like, the reality is they're back. They're still in this thing. And I don't, you know, squandered opportunity, but there's going to be other squandered opportunities. There's going to be opportunities that they take advantage of. I'm not bummed that we have two weeks to think about this loss because that's going to be what's on our, our mind. And I think in general, I think it's human nature is that we, we tend to overweigh the latest uh, event without kind of backing up. And I thought Haxtell did a good job of kind of giving perspective on, mm-hmm. you know, two months ago or six weeks ago, we we would have killed to be in this position, this close to a wild card spot. So anyway, take it away. Okay. Yeah. My immediate reaction was frustration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the San Jose Sharks. Are, this stink. really feels like, um, like a therapy session right now. Yeah. This is pretty yeah. great. Right. Like, all right. Okay. How yeah. did you feel? Yeah. All right, give it. The floor uh, is yours, Curtis. Go ahead and take it. Yeah, no, uh, I think, like everyone, just very frustrated by the outcome. I mean, the Sharks are quite terrible. You know, (laughs) it's kind of was my reaction to the the Blue Jackets are, they might not be terrible, but they played terribly, and Chicago's terrible. I mean, I I was looking at these teams, and it was just frustrating that they couldn't, you know, kind of. They should have the won points them all. That they, that, they that should they have won have them all is what they should have um, done. Yeah. And, uh, but then taking a step back, I tend to be, I mean, you know, I've been lambasted on this show for this, but, you mm. know, a little bit more process and data oriented. And, and, you know, taking a step back, I think there's something to what Haxtell was saying. I, you know, I don't think they played poorly in the San Jose game. They pretty much dominated the first two periods. The puck just didn't go in. And if you look bigger picture, St. Louis, Columbus, San Jose, the last three games before this break, you know, overall shot quality wise, uh, three of their strongest performances of the entire year right there. And it's just kind of, that's hockey. Right. And sometimes it's one win, one loss and one overtime loss and three of your strongest performances in the entire year, mm-hmm. shot quality wise. Um, I thought they actually played pretty poorly against Chicago, but that was four games. That was the fourth game. Yeah, so we, we're not going to focus on that one. We don't ask how in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, At this point- a, we asked how many, and they won that one 62. So domination. Chicago, they know. got up a couple goals, and then I think they stunk for the rest of the game. But that's that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last three games, you know, you look at it, I thought they actually played pretty well. And, you know, to John's point, I, you know, big picture, they are still in it. They're in that competitive place. The games are going to be meaningful coming out of the All-Star break. So I think I've kind of moved on to looking at the positives that, you know, that the lineup is 
healthy. And I think the last three games, they've, I mean, they've deserved better. Interesting. You know what? Those are pretty level-headed takes. I got to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to just talk you through my emotional roller coaster that I've been on here over the last uh, 24 hours. So I was feeling after that game, I think like a lot of our followers felt where it was a lot of people saying really bombastic things about like how terrible they are and how soft and what, and I, and in my mind, I was like, God, how do they lose that game? But just like you, John, I knew. I knew that it was coming, right? I I absolutely thought going in, I was like, this is a trap game. Hackstall talked about it yeah. after the Columbus yeah. game. We need to be focused. There's when one more game Tomas before a long was break. out, their best player. Yep. It was like, okay. They're playing a, a team that they embarrassed last oh, time. That was right? the worst performance I've ever seen when San Jose that was here team, before yeah, Thanksgiving. Shots yeah. or it was a bad team. That showed up and played as badly as they could have. They yeah. sucked. They were so bad. They were the, the suckiest bunch I've of sucks seen. that ever yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> right. In the words of uh, Homer Simpson, like yeah. they they looked really bad that night. So then you figure they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to do everything they can to win. And they have a goalie that's very good and sometimes can steal games. And sure enough, he, he did that. So I think I knew coming in that it just wasn't going to be as easy as it felt like it was going to be. My hope was that they were going to like caution themselves enough against that and come in and just dominate the whole game and quickly score a couple of goals and just put it away. It didn't happen. And the longer that it went, and I, I knew you said after the second period, I thought after the first period when they didn't score and they had the ice so tilted in that first right. period. And I was like, they got to score, you know, and they just didn't do it. And especially after the second period, a couple cross home. or a couple crossbars, a couple posts, right? Yeah. Like, but it was just one of those nights. And you just, yeah. when things are going that way, you just know that that's how it's going to end up at the end of the game. And, and that's how it went. So for me, it like, I knew that that was going to happen, but I was like, I hope I'm wrong here, you know? And I really had talked myself into believing that I was going to be wrong and it was going to work out the right way. And we were all going to be like, wow, they really escaped that one. But right. instead it was like, geez, I can't believe that they just lost to that team on in this scenario where they so easily could have jumped into a tie with everybody ahead of them. Um, and they just leave two points on the table against yeah. a terrible team. So that was my initial reaction. I was really, it was a big emotional response after the game. But then I too... To your point with Hackstall, I listened to his comments and sometimes, you know, his he's so like level headed and you really can't tell. Like if you didn't know the outcome of the game and you just tuned in to watch the <laughs> the pre the press conference, you wouldn't necessarily know who won the game from listening right. to Hackstall talk sometimes. You know, even that game, he's like, Yeah, we had some outstanding opportunities and you know, and you're like, Okay, like that's true. I guess so, yeah. but yeah, you but didn't you lost. score yeah. and you lost two nothing to one of the worst teams. But what he said at the end that I thought was really interesting, and, and he was asked by Kate Shafty if he wanted the team to go and dwell on this over the break and he kind of like laughed at it like no you guys like come on we we lost a game right we lost a hockey game and of course we're disappointed by it and it just when he said that it reminded me that this is one game out of 82 now at this point they're 50 games into the season yep. so these games are feeling more and more important as the games drip away but there's still 32 games left in this season right so yeah, one game doesn't change the total course of the season. And that's one thing about hockey seasons is that they're very long. There's ups and downs that, you know, you can have really long, bad downs and still be right in the thick of it. And that's where they are. So to his point, you know, he gave some perspective. He said, look, we've worked really hard over these last this last month or whatever it was. Um, we've gotten ourselves back into this position. It's a good thing to be. And and he's right. I I think it it sucks that they have to 
leave Kraken fans in this scenario where they go into this long break now and the last thing that they're going to remember is them losing to the San Jose Sharks. But <laughs> the other thing I think about too, and here's the silver lining, and I'm, I'm not really trying to sugarcoat how miserable this loss was, but think back to last season. And I remember the feelings being pretty good going into the all-star break and they'd been like up and down. Like they weren't, they had their long winning streak, but then they like, I don't know. They like lost a couple, won one, lost a couple more, you know, like that kind of a thing. Um, And then uh, they won against Columbus going into the break, came out of the break on an East coast road trip, which is exactly what they're going to do when they come out of this break. And they stunk when they came out of that break. They, I was on that road trip. Uh, that was the one was injured right away. Yep. First game, Burkowski got hurt. But yeah, they lost all three games in New York. They won in Philadelphia. It was terrible. And then they lost in, I think, Winnipeg um, and then came back. I was just look, looking at that today to see how it shook out. So my point is maybe by them going into this break with a sour taste in their mouth, it gives them a little bit of drive, extra drive coming out of the break. Right. Just Who flipping knows? the script from last year yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I because it didn't work for them to win the last right, game going yeah, into. Yeah, I got you. I, got, <laughs> right. I, I tracked it. Yeah, <laughs> I have a, a question for you guys. Maybe this is a hypothetical. Uh, mm. Should we call it a hypothetical? Nah, let's just not call it that. <laughs> okay, uh, forget that the music just played there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If this was the record, okay, going into the season, September, September. Okay. Wait, you, let me just go back in time. Yeah, you get... Cinderella gives you a, a headshot. You're knocked out. You're in a coma for four months. Cinderella? Christian Cinderella. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not the cartoon character. <laughs> no. not, not the other one. Okay. No. He concusses you for four months. You wake up right now, uh-huh. and you look at the, the standings, and you're like, huh, would that have been your expectation? Would that be low your expectation? Remember the lineup. Coming into the into the season, mm-hmm. no Tatar. Yeah, I'd probably wake up and say, "All right, well, they're still in the hunt." Is what yeah. I'd probably do. Yeah, yeah. I would what say, we- "What the heck happened with Vancouver?" That's what <laughs> I would say. But um, I'd wake up and say, "Oh my god, I'm dead because <laughs> Vancouver." <laughs> How long have I been out? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what no, year is it? No, like Robin Williams, your- when he wakes up in Jumanji. Yeah. To, to your point, John, um, and and. Darren, you've been making this point on the pod a lot. It has been a little bit of a perhaps streakier year than usual, yeah. although we obviously saw a big streak last, last year. year. Um, but they've kind of ended up where they deserve, more or less, when, when you look at it yeah. kind of big picture. Yeah, they balance yeah. out. They had yeah. a big lo- losing streak and then a big winning streak, and they're and it's, right at 500. You know, based on how they've been playing, this is kind of where you might expect them to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I think when you put it that way, yeah. I mean, I would look at the standings, and I'd be disappointed that they're not in the playoffs, yeah. but I wouldn't. But this wouldn't is be like, surprised. yeah, this is probably where yeah that we would have expected them to be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I like that you just said streakier than usual, as if they've got this long history streakiness, yeah. streakiness, right? Or, or not streakiness? They've just right. been very, very consistent over um, their many years. Of- you have to be if you're streakier than normal, then that means you are streaky to begin with. You're just yeah. more streaky now. That's okay. true. That's true. All right, you said that so far away from the microphone. Let's just hope that it picked it up. I'm not sure. <laughs> John's like laying down in a lazy boy, talking into his microphone from like ten feet away. Like he's he's also like just seated much higher than us, which is which is odd. I'm just gonna point it out. Mm. He's just kind of like looks down on us when we're recording this. It's strange. Yeah, that's anyway. by design. I yeah, guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, it's been a weird week. Um, <laughs> Kraken fans do not want to go to Texas. That's one thing I learned <laughs> this week. So they, when they did the um, oh, five goal thing for uh, Chicago, yeah, Chicago, they scored five goals, which meant that they got thirty two percent off flights to a mystery destination. And then they make they make it this big thing. Our friend Chet Buchanan gets on the horn. And he's like. Kraken fans, you get a discount code for 32% off flights to Texas. Texas. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) The whole arena booed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) To which I say, hey, Austin is a pretty cool place. Yeah. And I've been to Dallas. Dallas isn't that bad. Dallas is pretty cool. Deep Ellum. Nice little neighborhood. Very cool. Mm. A lot of cool restaurants and coffee shops and things like that. Bars, you know. Tacos. Tacos. Good tacos. Yeah. Yeah. Museums. Anyway, made me yeah. chuckle. Not fans of the state of Texas. <laughs> but you know what they do have in Texas? A lot of ranches, a lot of farms. <laughs> oh, maybe some cows. They do. And they maybe we should maybe we should go down there. Yeah. Down to the farms? Down on the farm. Down on the farm. Moo! That was the worst segue ever. All right. Our first, <laughs> Gustav Olofsson, uh, he's been injured uh, again. He's had a lot of injuries in his career. And I'm going to tell a story that I may have already told in the podcast. So if you have heard it before, fast forward about 30 seconds. But Gustav Olofsson, um, he, when he was in the Minnesota Wild organization, a little bit of hashtag minutia, he was well-liked um, and like people thought that he was kind of an up-and-coming Star, not necessarily star, but like one of their one of their core defensemen, right? Uh, he had a horrible like run of injuries, you know, got hurt, rehabbed, came back. I think he had like the same injury, and then he was not in the NHL for a very long time, right? He was just in the AHL. Uh, he got called up by the Kraken, I think, last season, if I'm not mistaken, or was it two years? I think, I think it was last it was two season. years ago. I think no, it was, it was a- last. It was definitely last season because I was going to talk to him in the dressing room, and we couldn't go into the dressing room two years ago because of COVID. That was the first time he was called up? I don't know. Okay. But this story pertains to him oh, okay. Sorry, last season. That's okay. But so I sat down with him, had a great conversation, incredibly nice guy. I was going to write a, a nice story about just how long and arduous the road was for him to get back to the NHL. And then I believe it was the next day he got sent back down to the AHL and he like broke his leg or something, something yeah, bad like the happened. first game back. His yeah. first game back. Yeah. And I like had started writing the story and then I was like, well, <sighs> the epilogue to this story is going to be too sad. Yeah. So anyway, the point of all of that is uh, that Gustav Olofsson has had a really hard go with injuries. And so um, this is week to week. So it sounds like it's not like a major thing, but he had a surgery to correct a lower body issue, I think is what they said. Whatever yeah, that means. Hoping that his uh, his recovery isn't too difficult this time because he's had a lot of injury woes in his career. So. And he's a very nice guy. Uh, also down on the farm, Riker Evans is back on the farm, which I don't think any of us were surprised by that with the long all-star break happening. He hasn't been playing in Seattle, which is a little frustrating, right? But I also, I don't know. I feel, Is he in the right spot, do you think? Like, should they have him up here if he's... No. I don't think so. That, I mean, the problem is Magna left, too, yeah. right? So they and don't they need have the, the extra. The, I mean, granted, they could call up. Kale Flurry, or before Olsen got hurt, could could be that seventh defenseman. But I think they just needed a seventh defenseman through this little stretch of games. What happens after the All Star break is going to be interesting because um, right now they only have six defensemen on the roster. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've made up their mind and I don't, uh, I certainly don't have any good idea what their plan is for after the all-star break. But for now, I mean, he can get three games with Coachella Valley. He can go to the the AHL all-star game that he was elected to uh, and saves the crack in some cap space. It's it's a move that was certainly expected that he would go down during this break and not just sit around. If they did call Kale Fleury up, Lord knows he knows that role, right? (laughs) But the healthy scratch role? Yeah. Uh, Devin Short also sent down, so he had to go through waivers, cleared. Um, no big surprise there. Matt Tennyson, back in the organization officially, although he's kind of been like lingering around a little bit. He'd popped up for a couple different like things Almost, the last few weeks. Yeah. So um, he is going to be doing some TV broadcast, and he's now also a brand ambassador for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So he seems to really love the Coachella like, Valley, Valley Firebirds, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I've always liked him as a you know as an athlete you know i'm not sure he's the most skilled guy as far as you know like win any games or serious games but i i like him and that's fun it's it's cool to see coachella like start building like an identity and they've they've clearly like last season they built a very strong brand with the community and had this playoff run and i mean their attendance is probably it's probably really good compared to oh, yeah. kind of a lot of other teams. It's um, probably, really it's good. probably top yeah. five, top ten, yeah. I'd say by I far without think, even looking at it. I think it's among the best. Yeah, it was yeah. last year, but yeah, okay. And it I, seems I just, like it's going even better this year. Yeah, I I don't I just don't know. I'll take yeah. a look at that. Yeah, ah, it's something to do during the break, right? Yeah. What else am I going to do? But I mean, AHL attendance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dig into that. A I little do bit. have. Uh, <laughs> I do look at uh, WHL and OHL attendance, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I mean, Matt Tennyson was a big part of their identity last year. He did the tennis talks that I'm oh, sure yeah. people yeah. are familiar yeah. with. Um, so it's cool that he'll still be around doing stuff with the team. And he seems like he's going to be part of that identity for, you know, at least a year or so. I mean, maybe he wants to go into broadcasting and leverage this into something else. But it's cool that he's still going to be around the team. Yeah. As long as we're down here on the farm, uh, Shane Wright, a couple of player performance notes. Shane Wright has nine points in his last eight games with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And then Yanni Newman over there in Finland has been lighting it up. What's been going on with him, Curtis? Yeah, he had a hat trick on Wednesday, uh, January 31st, and is now up to 20 goals, which is tied for second in Liga. It doesn't sound that impressive, but then Liga isn't a high scoring Second league. in yeah. the entire Liga. In the entire Liga. Correct. And that's he, pretty awesome. And he's if it's particularly impressive when you consider that he's the players in front of him have like five to 10 games more on him because he missed that time for the world juniors. So uh, he's scoring goals as much as anyone over there. It's just, it's not a high scoring league. Right. And he has a special helmet, correct? He does. He wears the Red Bull helmet. I think we've mentioned that on this uh, podcast before. I don't know that we have. Maybe we we have. Okay. But it was like in I might not have been listening. Yeah. We were talking because that's, that (laughs) means you weren't listening. Maybe we were, yeah, talking about stats or something. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it's the high score U22 player in Liga gets to wear a cool Red Bull helmet. So so he's had that for months. For for people that might not be familiar with Liga or the Swedish League, they play on Olympic ice. And generally, Olympic ice gives you more space. You'd think it would open things up, but it actually creates more control. So that's why scoring tends to be lower when you play on Olympic ice. Hmm. So the more you know. The more you know. Some big NHL news. We had our first like big trade here to 
somewhat unofficially kickoff trade season, I would say, which was the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks swinging a big deal. Elias Lindholm is heading to Vancouver for a whole host of return. Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Booster, Booster, not going to play here anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. Maybe. What about this one? Yoni Yurmo? Is mm-hmm. that how you say that one? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, and then a first round pick and a conditional fourth round pick. So a pretty big haul back for Calgary there. What'd you guys think of that deal? Canucks are going for it. So if you did just wake up from your coma yeah. from the beginning yeah. of the season or what was it? Christian Cinderella, uh, a beer league hockey player that um, yeah. you and I happen to know took a hit. Hit, hit me in the head with a slap yeah, shot. That's right. And I was knocked unconscious for many months and I woke up and I was shocked that the Canucks were in first place. And then I said, wow, the Canucks are really going for it. And what else did I say, Curtis? Go ahead and pick it up. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, what a setup. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, you can pick it up from there. Go ahead. Uh, you know, the, Elias Lindholm had been the name on the, on the market, like the marquee like trade target for, you know all season it seemed like and calgary was shooting pretty high I, I think this return is pretty solid i mean andre kuzmenko scored 30 plus goals last year was it 39 or something like that in his first year in the nhl um has had a down year but a couple years at a reasonable number if he can turn it around so he's a decent asset to either use or flip uh later and then hunter Brostevich is a really high scoring ohl uh defenseman like historically so um, like having a really great season, I think there's some question about whether it, how he plays will translate to the NHL, but still you, seems like a good piece. I assume you've watched some Kitchener Rangers yes. games. The, yeah, have the you noticed unofficial him? third team? No, he's because I, I don't, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. stand out to me, right. but he is like right in the middle of everything they do offensively. Right. Um, probably a lot of secondary assists. Yeah, in that's there. what I was um, thinking. But he's you know runs their power play. He's touching the puck a lot, yeah, but it's yeah. not in the like kind of Kale McCarr kind of way. Right. Anyway, um, not a first round pick. I mean, it's a late first round pick. I don't like these type of buyer deals, pushing the chips in types of deals generally from the buyer side. But this one seems okay to me. The first round pick is going to be thirty something like that, so it's not not the same asset as like a top ten first round pick. So general manager Patrick Alvin up there has done some. Pretty strong moves, it seems, here in his first year. Everything he's done seems to be working. Um, He actually just got an extension. Is his first year or second year? Second, second, third? Anyway, he just got an extension Mm. also to reward him for the good moves that he's making. There's some talk that the Flames and the Canucks might not be done, that Chris Tanev might move from the Flames to the Canucks as well. well, What's interesting is it's almost like Calgary's conceding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and they're they're three points back of – the Kraken. Hmm. With a game in hand, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But there's like four teams between them and the, the last wildcard spot, which is sometimes the challenge. You're is, right. It's, it is interesting. And Calgary has been talking about going the seller direction for weeks now. Yeah, it, it seems. I like, mean, so. it could be that those guys are on the last year of their, their deal. So they're like, even if we make it, we're not, we're not going to do much and we're going to lose these guys. And the last time they waited for somebody to reach or play through the last year of their deal, they didn't sign like they lost Goudreau the same way without getting anything in return. So, right. Yeah. Great point, John. Um, we have some shame, 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 
Shame. shame. I was thinking maybe we should cut that down to only three shames. Do you think the fourth is excessive? Four sounds kind of what I remember from Game of Thrones. Okay. So that feels right to you? Yeah, it does. I Four mean, feels it, right. It is long. All right. Let's, well, let's try it again. But with three this time. With three? Yeah. Okay. And then the listeners can tell us. Which, yeah. Okay. All right. We have, we have some shame. 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 That's that pretty good. Yeah. Good that job, guys. Good. Yeah. I was afraid that one of you was going to screw that up and actually go a fourth time. <laughs> Yeah. No confidence. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So, John, I have to shame you this time because as we were watching the warm ups for which game was that? Was that the. I don't even know which game it was. Probably Columbus, I think. And they had Riker Evans and it Vince was Dunn. Columbus, yeah. Yep. All seven defensemen were out on the ice for warmups, and Vince Dunn had taken a quote-unquote maintenance morning, so we weren't sure if he was going to play after morning skate, mm-hmm. and Hackstall wouldn't tell, if, tell us if he was going to skate and, or play, and they didn't have Riker Evans out as a healthy scratch after practice, so it was really hard to tell what was going on, but then all seven of them came out, and six of them took line rushes, and one of them was not Riker Evans, and that was when we figured out that he was, in fact, a healthy scratch, so... The Twitter intern, who I worked very closely with during games, uh, tweeted out that, you know, the lineup, Riker Evans, a healthy scratch, went and checked Twitter. And first thing that the Twitter intern saw was John saying, hey, how about Riker Evans getting his first goal tonight? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Somehow I walked and saw him on the ice. I'm like, oh, Riker's playing. Mm-hmm. And thought, oh, it'd be a good opportunity for him because he'd probably be running one of the power play units. And against a Columbus team, I thought this is a great opportunity for it, for him to get his first goal. Mm, mm, mm. Got your ass. Yeah, solid I got solid yeah. thought process. They got, but yeah. this is not how shame works. This yeah. is this is why they send out seven defensemen is to try to trick people trick into people thinking into tweeting, uh, that one of yeah. them is going to play, and then they tweet about it. And oh then they're man, wrong. I feel so bad. I feel games. so yeah. shameful. Yeah. I don't. That doesn't seem sincere to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't no. at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, shame on you, John, for, um, <laughs> okay. for taking the bait on that one. Right. I just, I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, they got John. They got him yeah. with the old bait and switch by sending Riker Evans no, out I think there. You, you tweeted like, oh, that's going to no, be a little bit me. of a challenge. That was yeah. a Twitter intern. Yeah. Yeah. That might be, be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. But then you edited the tweet, which I, I didn't even know you could do that. So, yeah. No. Well, oh, well. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to include this in the, uh, in the shame, shame, shame bit, because um, it's a little, it's a little too flippant of an approach to this, I think. But something that I'm regretting from last week is my my wording when we were talking about Carter Hart taking his leave of absence. I just want to share like a little bit of context as to what was going on there. We were hearing speculation or we saw and heard people speculating that the reason Carter Hart had taken his leave of absence was because of this sexual assault thing that has, I mean, it's been going on for a very long time, right? But the timing aligned where it seemed very feasible that he could have been one of the players that ended up getting named. So when I said, I believe my wording was hoping for the best for Carter Hart, what I meant by that was I really hope that what we're hearing as we're about to start recording this is not what this is, right? I hope that it is something that he just needs to go take care of for his own well-being and that he will be okay. And now we've learned that he is, in fact, one of the five players that is being charged with sexual assault as a result of the 2018 Canadian World Junior thing that happened. Uh, And 
So anyway, my, my wording there was not quite how I meant it. And I wasn't like rooting for him to not get in trouble. I was, I was hoping that what we were speculating was incorrect, but um, and my reasoning for that is because at the end of the day, I've been rooting for Carter Hart. You know, he's a local product. There aren't that many of them. He made it to the NHL as a young goalie, which there aren't that many of those either in Philadelphia, a market that's really hard for goalies to play in. So I've absolutely been rooting for him. And now, you know, you hear this and you're like, well, that's uh, that's tough. So yeah, nothing, is, nothing I mean, I, is proven, of yeah. course, and they're they're innocent until proven guilty and all that. But at the end of the day, I think there probably needs to be a lot of evidence to charge five, well, four NHL players well, and one former. Okay, so- Should going, we back up and going, share the context? Going back, yeah, we probably okay. should. Yeah. All right. You want me to do that? If, yeah, sure. I, well, for one, I just want to say, like, given the information we had in the context of, of the situation when we were recording last time, we didn't have a lot. That's true. And so I appreciate you, like, wanting to kind of come clean or kind of- Give more context. Not clean. Yeah, just, give more just context. Just clarify about, what I meant. I, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think you should feel bad for okay. it, but like, I just want to, I appreciate you bringing it up, but I don't, I don't even know if it's a mistake because you just did not have information. So, um, but. Well, thanks, John. Yeah. And it's not really anything that occurred to us at the time because we had been talking about it off the air and we had the context of that conversation. We talked about it only briefly on mm -hmm. air because mm -hmm. again, we didn't have very much information at yeah. the time. So we talked about it in a brief way. Um, anyway, everything, well, everything's Darren, Darren's saying now is consistent with what he was yeah. saying. Yeah, so, yeah the, so the context, though, is that Carter Hart, Michael McLeod, Dylan Dubé, Cal Foote, and uh, Alex Formanton, who's no longer in the NHL, but he plays in Switzerland. They all took leaves of absence. Like, was it that day or the day after, like maybe? 48 hours of right. each so other. Carter Hart yeah. had taken his, and it, you know, people, a lot of people were like, oh, I hope it's... Or like, ah, oh, good for him taking care of his mental health or yeah. something like that. Yeah. The Dubé announcement came a little bit before Carter Hart. And which, it, was, yeah. it was specific around, oh, he's taking leave because of mental health. Right. Uh, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute. But. Yeah. So anyway, those five guys all took leaves of absence. And then the pieces kind of came together for people that these are the guys that are getting charged with this crime. So yeah. um, it's an awful, awful situation. And yeah, that's uh, it's been it, quite the- quite the roller coaster here certainly for everybody involved and um i shouldn't say that i mean for the victim certainly and i don't know it's been weird it's been hard for people that are fans of the sport i think yeah i i i'm somewhat hopeful this sends signals to people that and prevents it in the future mm -hmm. uh for other potential situations that kids might feel like they get away with like they're these guys are treated like gods doesn't justify it, but you start to believe it, I think, when you're in that environment. And so understanding there's some serious consequence, not to mention this is f bad, right? This is bad stuff to do. Now, granted, still needs to go to court, and but this is going to be years mm -hmm. of yeah, I think I said yeah. they wouldn't expect the trial. I saw something that said they wouldn't expect a trial until 2026. Jeez. So- now the, uh, the London police, London. This is London, Ontario. is is going to have a, a press conference next Monday, mm -hmm. and I think that's when we'll get a lot more information. And I think until that happens, the NHL is probably going to stay quiet about it because they can't really do anything specific unless there's a little bit more public information. Like they can suspend people with and without pay, depending on the scenario, even without being charged. Um, so if you care about that. That's going to be that's that should probably come next week. But for the most part, I think everybody's kind of waiting for the London 
police to reveal uh, kind of their plan or their findings or whatever that that led to this moment and and maybe kind of spell out the next steps. So it uh, it stinks. Um, really challenging for the victim to kind of go through this, continue to go through this, right? Mm-hmm. Not not to mention the first time, but but like now it's it's all Canada's talking about in a way. Um, and so she has to deal with that. Um, but again, I'm hoping it prevents things like this happening in the future. Um, yeah. So we alluded to the Dylan Dubé thing. So the Flames put out a statement when he took his leave of absence, which was, I believe it was on the 21st, 10 days ago. It says Dylan Dubé has been granted an indefinite leave of absence from the team while he attends to his mental health. Dylan is under the care of professionals, of health professionals, and we request that Dylan's privacy is respected during this period. Now, maybe that's maybe like really giving the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe that's what he told the team, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to go, I, I don't know. I just, if that is somebody saying, here's here's a way to kind of deflect. Yeah, I do wonder how really, how much the people that like the PR or- Whoever or, wrote that. Right. Yeah. The, you know, granted there's information that gets passed, but it could be hockey ops knew, but did not share that with PR, PR or marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you just never know, but it looks really bad. It looks really bad, especially yeah. when you're like, oh, respect his privacy. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. You think this is going to be private? Right. And they, they did since come out and claim that they didn't know that this is what was happening. Um, I don't know. And the people in charge might not have known. The right. In charge of Twitter. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Drafting a statement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it seems pretty short sighted to think that you could deflect Something like this, if you know it's not true, um, when some when charges might come out a couple of weeks later, you're going to look. Yeah, that's a good worse. point. That's a good um, point. So it makes me think at least whoever put that on Twitter was operating under the assumption that this was true, accurate. Because yeah. to your point, John, uh, you know everyone's aware of who was on that team. There were rumors. I, I don't did, know. Did, when the Dubé thing came out, did you think about that at all? Because I did not. No, 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 I didn't. I'm just thinking about from the team perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, you're right. I mean, whenever they a team brings a player yeah. in or does, uh, you know, uh, signs a player, you know, we went through this with Mitch Miller, with the Bruins. I mean, there needs to be, if your process isn't good enough for right. like, for how you're evaluating these, and, yeah. these individuals as people, I, I think that does come back to the team at some point. But in terms of the statement, it feels like it must have been whoever put that out must have genuinely believed that was the case. Because if I don't see how doing that, buying yourself a week, and then it turns into a firestorm is better for the yeah. flames. Although no. flames, firestorm. Mm. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But to your point, John, it feels like a really bad time in hockey right now. Um, there's just been so many situations like this, it feels like over the last year, not precisely like this, yeah. but you know, other domestic violence situations or, or situations kind of like this one, the Chicago situation. It feels like a bad time, but I hope that it's because we're trying to be better about digging into these things. Uh, and reckoning with the culture that has existed. That's for, what for I decades. think it is. Because some of this stuff is stuff that had, like this happened five plus years ago, right? Yeah. The Kyle Beach situation in Chicago happened uh, yeah. much longer ago, right? And so I think on on one hand, it's it's people are starting to feel like it's right to come out. You know, vic- victims don't always feel comfortable doing that, right? That's one thing that, 
that they just it's it's hard. It's you a know, challenge. It's a hard thing. Yeah. There's a lot of courage. And and sure enough, you know, the, even this one, there's immediately statements from other lawyers saying like this is, you know, this is false. They've been wrongfully yeah. accused. They're this and that. Which of course that's what the lawyer is going to do. So job. Um, but immediately they're trying to like sow seeds of doubt, and it's just. You know, it's it's tough because, well, I don't know. I'm, I've never been through anything like this myself, so I can't really speak to what it's like. Um, Let's but hope I imagine none of us do. Yeah, I imagine yeah. it's it's really hard. So, um, but I think that there's been a little bit of a shift in the culture, hopefully. But now, to your point, yeah, there's a there's a reckoning that's that's happening, and it takes time for that to happen. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not so ignorant to believe that this like things like this haven't happened in the five years since then. It probably has, no, but yeah. this process needs to play out. It needs to be public, because again, John, to your point, it, it just needs to be clear that this type of thing is unacceptable, like mm -hmm. in the culture moving forward, and the legal process is the way you do that. So, you know, there's a case where a victim did come forward, um, and we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but it feels like a bad time. Um, you kind of have to bottom out before hopefully the, the culture of, of the sport can go in a better direction. Uh, you know, it'd be a great way to shift out of this conversation is by talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Utah potentially getting an expansion team, which uh, very ironically, right as the news dropped. Now, I think I believe uh, I, I want to say I believe that when this got posted, that the NHL had um, formally received a request for expansion from Utah, from Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, which came maybe within five minutes of that it news story breaking. It was insane how, yeah. and that to me, completely coincidental. Like I think it's coincidental. Just, just I knowing, think it's coincidental. I really based do. Based on my visibility to the process- this is all well thought out. This was probably planned for months. Maybe not this specific day, this specific time, but I guarantee they knew it was going out a week ago at the this time. The expansion thing? The expansion. Yeah. The expansion thing. Because the other, the news broke about Team Canada from the Globe and Mail. Um, right. So so that may not have been like, hey, NHL, we're posting this story at this time. No, and the Global Mail's not going to like share that with anybody because they theoretically have a scoop. So yeah. like- it's not like the NHL knew that was coming either. At least I don't think they did. Yeah. Um, anyway, Utah getting a team. So, <laughs> well, maybe I don't. I don't know if I understand it to be honest with you. Other than it's going to make the league and the owners a lot of money because the expansion fees are huge and they're trying right, to dig you... themselves. I think they're trying to dig themselves out of some pandemic-related like economical uh, issues. Maybe I don't think so. No, no. Okay. Can you tilt your microphone towards your mouth just a little? Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're having some microphone challenges tonight. Um, okay, so what do you think, John? Well, oh, so much clearer. Good. Okay. okay. So um, the owner of the Utah, Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith, the owner of Smith Entertainment Group, announced that they've requested the National Hockey League to, quote unquote, initiate an expansion process with ultimate purpose of bringing an NHL franchise to Utah. Mm -hmm. So that's not really how it went with Vegas. That's not how it went with Seattle. Mm hmm but like I guarantee this was deliberate and approved by the NHL. They're basically saying, "Hey, we'd like to for you to consider a team." Now, this is also the Arizona boogeyman, if you ask me. They're kind of at wit's end about getting an arena plan, and I literally think the Coyotes this is about Arizona, not mm -hmm. necessarily Utah. And I think Arizona could could play in Utah next year. That's that's what I think based on 
years of really watching this. Same time, Atlanta is also kind of uh, got approval for a new arena in kind of the metro area. That, mm. And there's been rumors that Atlanta wants a team as well. So you could, in theory, if if it's got nothing to do with Arizona, right? Devil's advocate. Yeah. You could, in theory, add a team in the West, add a team in the East, and then it's at least sort of balanced there. But then you still have miss out of balance like divisions, right? Which isn't that big of a deal, I suppose. Or but. you rethink the divisions, yeah. right? Um, now, I think Arizona- four. I don't think it's divisible by- What's it divisible by? Two. By two. Two, two divisions. divisions? Yeah. Yeah. They already divided in two like, Four? conferences. Can you divide 34 no. by other well, things? who knows? I don't know. 34. Can they have six? <laughs> That's not the point. Okay. Um, all right. All right. That's fair. So, I mean, there's. I have no idea how this will end up, but I do think that Utah was strategically placed to be a potential backup, potential backup or primary for the Arizona Coyotes. And if the Coyotes somehow get a, an arena deal figured out, then all of a sudden Utah and Atlanta could be expansion opportunities. I mean, there there could be a couple other cities out there. Um, I think Houston is probably, there's not a lot of chatter about Houston. So it makes me think that's not necessarily a, on the on the top of the list because the, the reality is there's people have been talking to the NHL for years about this. And it's just a question of who's ready to do it and, and if the NHL is ready. So, um, well, I mean, this is, this is a slow, I mean, I think the application review for Vegas took like a year and a half before they actually announced something. Hmm. So I don't know where this particular timeline is because it's a little different, but keep an eye on it. Okay. We certainly will. Let's, uh, do we ever take out the pin that we put in early? Oh, it was about prospect talk and we talked yeah, about we prospects. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we didn't officially say we were taking out the pin. So no. I just want it to be known that that, that pin did get removed, but we didn't actually say it. Fair good, enough. Right? That's good. Yeah. Let's do a quick WHL update because a certain WHL player deserves some- Love? Love. Yeah. Scott Ratzlaff, the goaltender for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Now, they're playing against the Everett Silvertips. Uh, I know one of our reviewers is a Tips fan, as called out- That's right. In the review. The Silvertips run an eight-game winning streak. They've been really good, okay? They like don't- ever lose at home they're a good team and so they're on an eight game winning streak they go in to play seattle seattle hasn't been good they've had a really not good season which kind of makes sense because they went all in uh last year to to go to the memorial cup which they did but uh yeah so scott ratzlaff gets a win three to one win he's stopped 62 of 63 shots from the everett silver tips so that seems good and my understanding i didn't like watch the game but my understanding is that even the goal that was scored it was a little bit sketchy because he like might have had the puck covered and they kind of oh, blew really? the whistle but didn't really blow the whistle or whatever might have been a cowbell right now uh i think they were in C- well maybe a road yeah Everett road, fan. road, road yeah. bell yeah. yeah but yeah how about that 62 of 63 saves that's uh, pretty good pretty phenomenal outing yeah it's unbelievable uh we now also have a couple of bad boys <laughs> we can- 
we talked before we started that we were going to have this whole um, rather heavy conversation as part of Bad Boys. And we thought, you know what? That's not yeah. going to do it justice. So, But yeah. we do have a couple of suspensions to talk about just things that happened on the ice. Brendan Gallagher was suspended five games for an illegal check to the head on Adam Pellick. This was a pretty brutal one. It was, it was, like, a, yeah. it was like a Rafi Torres special. Adam Pellick, <laughs> Adam Pellick was heading up through the, through the neutral zone. And yeah, exactly the kind of um, hit that kind of launched this whole player safety thing many years ago. And I saw this somewhere online, so I'm stealing someone else's take, but it was a good one. So I'm just going to go with it. All right. Um, You know, he only got five games because, you know, there was some consideration given to the fact that he's, you know, has no, uh, you know, previous incidents like no priors, no priors. But isn't the notion of that, that you give the benefit of the doubt to the player because he has no priors, that maybe it was an accident. How how do you, this is, this was was so egregious. This was not an accident. I feel like they should have thrown the book at him on mm-hmm. this one. I mean, this is the hit you try to take out. I mean, five I mean, games. Five games is a pretty big number for nothing, this. But why for this Department of Player Safety? No, no, for right? sure. But why this can't regime. it be much more? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the challenge. Not that this justifies the decision for five, but if it's above five, it needs to go to an independent arbitrator if they contest it. And right. so, basically, if you keep it at five, then Bettman reviews any appeals, right. and he historically has not reduced any so keeping at five avoids any appeals so it's a very it's a very good point and it's, i, and I, I don't know if that should be the decision but no, that's it's prob- dreaming yeah. too much perhaps yeah. for me to hope that the department of player safety would say no this is 20 and we'll see you in front of the arbitrator you know that's but me think, hoping for too much i mean I think the last big one was like tom wilson and yeah. then that went to an arbitrator eventually went down yep but it was because he was a re- repeat offender. Right. And so that's where it kind of is like a multiplier. Yeah. So that's why like I don't I can't think of a 20, 20 they, game suspension for somebody that has never been suspended before. I think you're you're probably right. And they um you know they didn't even give him an in person hearing. So it's never gonna be above five. Yeah. So yeah, that too. Jacob Trubo is also suspended two games for what, John? Uh elbowing forward Pavel. <laughs> I kicked it to you. I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. And I watched the replay of it. (laughs) Pavel Dorofeyev. 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 Yeah. Anyway. It was pretty bad, too. Did you see it? No. Oh, it was was intentional. It was a little bit of a, oh, this guy's chin is right there. I'm just going to swing my elbow this way. Not as vicious as Gallagher, but not a big fan of Truba. Well, I mean, I think he's a good player, but I <laughs> don't like him. How many yeah. times has Truba been like debatably suspended, like should get suspended, right? But then he did. He was the guy that injured Burakovsky yeah. earlier this Still season. Still hate him for that. One of two guys that yeah. injured Burakovsky this season. Um, he also was the one that like wildly swung his stick and I think he got off with just <laughs> that's a, right. That's right. Trent Frederick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, play was so. wild. Fine uh, for that. Those are our bad boys. We now move on to our weekly one-timers. Whoosh. Stadium Series jerseys have been revealed. Uh, the New York Islanders say Isles, right? Yep. Yep. And then, or the Rangers, I think that I saw the Rangers are like NYR. The big NYR. Is yeah. it NYR or NYC? I thought it was NYR. Is it NYR? NYR. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate either. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stripes on the Islanders one. The, they all looked fine to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. They yep. fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I've talked about him before, but do you know Isetics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does a great YouTube clip that breaks him down and like reveals a lot more that would not oh, we cool. would not see. But he, the name bar on the back, you know how the Flyers have a reverse name bar mm-hmm. with the with the yep. yeah that 
stripe goes around like to the front as well. Oh. And it's kind of like a very hmm. funky design. Like Interesting. Like, like when you look at it that way, you're like, oh, wow, that is pretty cool. Anyway. There's somewhat reminiscent of the Kraken reverse retro jerseys, but obviously just different color scheme. Yeah. Right? So uh, our next weekly one-timer. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the Rangers or the Flyers, but that's okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay, good. <laughs> Passion. Well, we talked That's briefly okay. about no, the I'm Rangers, good. who or the Devils, 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 Devils. Devils and Flyers, yeah, and Devils and Flyers. Islanders. We talked it's about Flyers, Islanders. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, yeah, Islanders. we talk about the Flyers. Uh, so Patrick Lyonet <laughs> has entered the player assistance program. Um, this one was interesting talking about, you know, we talked earlier about the Dylan Dubé thing with the kind of misleading statement there. Columbus did sort of did something like that. He had been out. Patrick Lyonet had been out with a, I think a. I want to say a clavicle injury. Did he break? Uh, he's out with an injury. And uh, he suddenly was like headed home from the road trip. And then this all broke right before the the cracking game. Um, so I went and listened to the, the press conference with Pascal Vincent. But he said that he was heading home because of a setback with his injury. But that wasn't what happened. He was entering the player assistance program. Uh, Line put out a statement that he was mental health related and this and that. So then interesting though, um, Pascal Vincent, like kind of apologized to media and fans at Climate Pledge Arena when he did his pregame presser saying, hey, I didn't mean to like mislead. It just, I was trying to protect Patrick. So that, that was interesting. I think that's fair too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not great to be lied to, but like when you can't like reveal yeah. something and sometimes that hasn't they get, been announced. They get yeah. put on the spot. You know, I've, I've been there, right? You put people on the spot and I kind of put Yanni on the spot last week. I felt kind of bad when he came back from his suspension. And he really didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, well, I, mean, I, I kind of need to ask you these have questions. To, right. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I think you get put on the spot and sometimes you just like say what you think is the right thing to say in the moment. And yeah, that's that. Wishing the best for Patrick Line, of course. Our next, oh, I hope I don't have to. Let's hope not. There'll yeah. be more podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our next weekly one timer. Uh, neck guard protection is now required by USA Hockey for players under 18. This, I thought this is interesting. Obviously, it's a reaction to what happened in the game in England, but I thought this is interesting because I was required to wear a neck guard growing up. And now looking back, I wonder if that was like a Minnesota, a Minnesota regulation. I, I think there are state specific yeah. rules that require it. Yeah. Because I absolutely did have to wear one. That wasn't a wasn't an option for me so that was interesting hmm. and and i also i'm like wow why did why did it take us this long to make that a rule because it seems and it, it's still kind of like under 18 right like now that you're i've always thought that's kind of counterintuitive like the older you get the less protective equipment you're required to yeah, wear to take the cage away you don't need the game, that face anymore the game gets only faster and faster as you get older you know and more more dangerous but anyway Hey, what's the live live free or die state? Is that Vermont? Uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Well, they don't they don't have a lot of rules around public safety. <laughs> okay. So, so you're thinking no neck protection in New Hampshire? I was wondering about yeah. that. Well, we can look I up. mean, because they have like uh, very min- if they have helmet laws, it's very minimal, right? Mm-hmm. For even motorcycles. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's their motto: is live free or die. Yeah. It sounds a little morbid but that's okay but isn't that like yeah. a colonial thing right like it's still part of their i don't know i'm okay. not from new hampshire never been there our final weekly oh we're not going to do that weekly one timer i mean you were campaigning in new hampshire for your president weren't you <laughs> Dude, we are not touching that at all Th- that's a joke I also no john idea. is not yeah. sitting higher than us that was also a joke <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> thank you 
yeah, no, we can talk about that one time. We do want to do that yeah, last yeah. week one time. Yeah. Okay. So, tweet from Darren Drieger this week. Sources say that the Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL are moving the franchise to Brampton, Ontario. So, from that tweet, you'd think, man, that's a that's a big loss for the people of Mississauga. But that brings us into our tweets of the week. And I'm going to kick it to John for his tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from uh, Drew Livingston, or producer Drew underscore. So, he subtweets Darren Drieger's tweet. Uh, Sources say Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL are moving the franchise to Brampton, Ontario. And Drew Livingston says, this has got to be the shortest relocation in North American sports history. And it's got an image of a like a, a map app that shows the nine-minute distance <laughs> yeah. between the two arenas. Yeah. So uh, clearly, it's not much of a move, though. It's kind of crazy, though. Like, Mississauga is to me is like a somewhat legendary OHL team, but I guess the Brampton battalion was as well at one time. So they are now the North Bay battalion. So what I thought was funny is I saw people saying like, it hasn't worked in Brampton. Like the, you know, <laughs> I know. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Nine minutes away from Mississauga. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is funny. I, I literally had the same tweet pulled up for my tweet of the week. John can confirm it's on my That's screen true. right now. Um, I, I, Frank, I must admit, I didn't know the geography of Ontario well enough to know that it was nine minutes away. So that's uh, that was a fun I didn't little, know either. Fun little revelation. Uh, but the Mississauga Steelheads are the one OHL hat. I have a hat for the Mississauga Steelheads because wow. I oh, like wow. their logo. It's my fishing hat. It's kind of like a you know a steelhead on it. Anyway, I wear it fishing, and uh, I don't know. Now it's going to be a collector's item. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be the well. I'm sure they'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be back in ten years. I mean, you got to figure they had an empty arena in. Brampton and they're like, hey, we can give you this sweetheart lease deal, sweetheart lease deal, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, let's do that. We'll save a couple hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. Or but something think about bad. how much more they're going to spend on gas money now getting to the arena. Maybe most people live in that side. Oh, anyway. uh, that could be. Yeah, yeah. that could be. They'll so maybe they're saving yeah. Yeah. gas money. Yeah. yeah. Um, my tweet of the week comes from Blake Arthur, who seems to be a sportscaster in Coachella Valley uh, or around there. He says, uh, when they send the news photog to practice. The boys sense that, they embrace that, and they certainly take advantage of that. Hockey players just having fun in the middle of a long season. You love to see it. And so it's Max McCormick doing, you know, kind of a straightforward, like he's standing in front of a backdrop. He's got a microphone in front of him. But then just like a second into it, you see all these different things coming into the shot that kind of are in the shape of microphones. Like there's an end of a hockey stick. There's an end of a broom. There's like one of those like things that they use to chip away pieces of the ice. And so obviously <laughs> fellow Coachella Valley firebirds were um, getting in on the fun there. It made me laugh a little bit to, to see that. So good stuff. One last call out. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to the best friend of the pod. It's not yet, okay, but it's in the future when this thing will be released probably. So okay. February wow. 1st. Wow. Oh, yeah. Chris Peters. Great good work. Good for you, oh! bud. Just joking. That was messed up. First yeah. of all, he's a very good friend. Very of the good pod. friend. Of the we pod. know that. I don't know when his birthday is, though. Yeah. Yeah. I should find that out. Allison. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Allison. Happy wow. birthday, Allison. I had no idea. I'm so glad that you just mentioned that, John. Happy birthday, Allison. Curtis, do you have a tweet of the week or is yours the no. yours was the same thing? All right. I'll pick up your Brampton. I'll pick up your slack. So yeah. we've said before that we're we're pro Cutmore on yeah. this podcast. Very pro sure. Cutmore. The Cutmore is I think when push comes to shove and things get really negative on Kraken Twitter, just go check out the Cutmores because they're good for a chuckle. So, um, but Rob- <laughs> They just tweet each other. Yeah. So uh, the, the Kraken 
official account said when Elmo asked how everything was doing, we've we felt that because um, that was a thing that was going viral this week. And Rob retweeted it with like this. He turned basically turned a really angry picture of Vince Dunn in the penalty box against Los Angeles Kings into a meme. And at the bottom, it says it says the actual word is F you and I'll see you after the all-star break. And he's like, it's like, it looks like Vince Dunn is screaming that, right? It just, uh, it made me laugh pretty hard. So cut more is kill it on Twitter. Okay. That is our show. And I will kick it over to John to close it out. I don't have anything. I didn't give you a script. I'm sorry. You're going to have to just shoot Uh, from the hip this time. And that wraps up 272 of the sound of hockey podcast. (laughs) Curtis, giggles the entire time mm-hmm. i do the outro yeah we'd it's, like it's, to thank our two reviewers whose names i forgot but they were pretty cool thank yeah. you appreciate it three reviewers oh, wait, if three you reviewers. include the canadian, yeah, the canadian one uh-huh. too yeah that was pretty cool uh you too can review our podcast on apple Podcasts, and we will read it <laughs> on next week's show uh stick taps for andy happy birthday and everything else yeah, so, Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we appreciate you all. Happy birthday, dear Allison. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) It doesn't work very well without someone singing the melody when I'm harmonizing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, talk to you guys soon.